Welcome to Females and Fine Fettle, from Wiped Out to Wealth. This is where conscientious women entrepreneurs and women living like a boss come to learn about balancing their personal and professional wellness with ease. If you have the enthusiasm, motivation, and grit to make it happen, then listen up every Monday. To be sure you don't miss an episode, sign up for weekly updates at femalesandfinefettle.com. The following discussion is for educational purposes only and is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease. Please don't apply any of this information without first speaking with your doctor. Now, here are your hosts, Denise Pasquinelli and Dr. Michelle, your natural women's health advocates who blend the wisdom of ancient healing traditions and the science of functional medicine. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode and our new theme of the month, routines and time management. I know some of you might be rolling your eyes like, oh God. Please don't remind me while others are super stoked and motivated to get things rocking for this last quarter of the year and get prepped for 2019. I know I definitely fall into that latter category. All right. So today we'll be touching on how routines and time management affect us and are influenced by our funky five. So the personal, interpersonal, professional, societal, and spiritual levels and how having these pieces in place can really help you up-level your health through through boosting energy reserves and also decreasing that decision fatigue. Absolutely. And I love that you said decision fatigue. I think it's such a great way to illustrate what it feels like to have too many things on your mind that you have to make choices about. And I think one way to reduce decision fatigue is to be very clear on where you want to put your energy and your attention. And this really helps to clarify what decisions, decisions (laughs) absolutely need to be made. One way that I like to visualize this for myself is to draw a circle on a piece of paper and within that circle, create pie slices that represent the things that are important to me and that I need to give my time, energy and attention to. So things like the work that I do, my creative projects and play, movement, food preparation, spending time with people I love, or maybe even listening to books or inspiring podcasts, and definitely quiet time for reflection and meditation, etc. I mean, there's all kinds of things that you could put in the circle. And again, this would be the ideal. So it helps me to... I visualize what an intentional day would look like for me. So I love to use the circle. Some people might like to visualize this in your actual calendar, or maybe you can make a timeline, however you want to look at it. But the first step would be to create that ideal intentional day for yourself and declare it, like put it somewhere where you can see it. By defining what it is, it's important to you. You can release many of the the things that aren't as important to you. I mean, you probably still have to do things like commute and tidy your house and pay your bills, but maybe you can use your commute to listen to an audiobook or you can downsize your belongings so tidying is less of a chore. And maybe you can pay bills over a cup of coffee in your at your favorite coffee shop every Sunday, say. These are simple ideas, but you can see if you have your intentions laid out before you, you can begin to infuse those real mundane routines with things that feel a bit more joyful. Yeah, I I really like that idea because honestly, over the last, I'd say year or two, as my business has really been ramping up, I'm learning that the term work-life 
balance doesn't quite cut it for me. Like I'm identifying more with the work life integration. <laughs> and I think your <laughs> your example of, you know, paying bills at your favorite coffee shop is a really, really good example of that. Um, so anyways, when exploring routines and time management, it's super important to really assess where you are spending the most time. And um, there are many different ways to start bringing awareness to that. Yeah, I mean, I'm big into gathering data about what you actually do with your time. And I I think it's hugely impactful when it comes to actually making any sort of behavior change. In fact, tracking and gathering data about yourself is a big part of the functional mindset or the funky part of the funky five that you're listening to. Both Michelle and I like to work with clients to track the behaviors they're interested in changing. And this helps you to see where you are at currently, what is actually true for you. And it sets you up to see patterns. And one common pattern that I see when I'm working with people around food and energy is the extremely common 3, maybe 4 p.m. energy slump. And by having people track their food, they eat, their moods, and their energy levels over time, they start to see for themselves that daily they're crashing at the same time and respond to that crash with something like a coffee or a sugary snack just so they have enough energy to keep going and then they crash again later. So one trick is to fuel the body with a nice blood sugar balancing snack, maybe some water and ideally a quick walk or a stretch an hour before you notice that that crash occurs and voila, no more crashes. Of course, there's lots more work that can be done with this simple method of tracking. But what I love most is that you can track and that you're able to then see for yourself that super simple routines done at the right time can make a huge impact. Yeah, that that energy slump is super common with the women that I work with. Mm -hmm. And tracking can be really helpful in this area for a few reasons. One, um, to experiment with, you know, how much protein and fat you're having at lunch, right? Because if that slump is happening Mm -hmm. post lunch, I like to think, hmm, is there something going on there? And two, you know, considering whether or not you're actually eating something that could be causing an inflammatory reaction, like maybe a food sensitivity or something, which could easily manifest as an energy slump. Um, And Mm -hmm. I always, always want to consider adrenal health with that slump as well. Um, You know, especially with those afternoon energy slumps, because that hustle mentality can easily turn into burnout, which leaves our energy flatlined and dries out our creativity. Totally. Another component of tracking is assessing how you actually spend your time compared to how you want to spend your time. And this can be super illuminating. I know I am still challenged a bit by underestimating how long certain tasks will take, be it in my work or my business or my home life. And there are a couple of consequences to this. One is that when things take longer than I think, that leaks into the other areas of my life, like personal development, health, fitness, and play goals that I have. So I don't have the time that I tried to reserve for those any longer. And two, and I think that this is the bigger of the two, 
I feel a sense of failure that I didn't get done what I said I would in a day. And that feeling is such an energy drain. So a bonus of tracking time is that I can start to have more realistic expectations of how long things actually take for me to do, or it can help me to time box some of my tasks and chunk them out a bit more so they don't feel like I'm skimping on quality in any way. Yeah, I, I totally get that. If I don't create you know, really strict timelines or, or deadlines on certain projects I'm working on, it inevitably like takes way too damn long. And it's it's mm-hmm. really, I think about accepting that imperfection for me at least. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, anyway, when we're running on fumes, you know, our relationships suffer, whether it be friendships, partners, family members, we not only have to maintain healthy boundaries within these relationships, which we've covered extensively in past episodes, but we also, (laughs) you know, have to make sure that we're managing our own time and energy so that we can show up more fully in these relationships, you know, because community, partnership, collaboration, intimacy, they're all super essential for a healthy mind, body, and spirit. Totally. That, um, I guess I would call it presence is just Mm. so important in relationship and it feels so good in your own body. Mm -hmm. So, Love that. And it reminds me of, I think it was an article or a book maybe written by a hospice nurse. Her name was Bronnie Ware. And in it, she compiled all of these regrets that people had and reflected on on their deathbeds. And a big one was around not spending more time with the people that they loved. Mm. So, you know, all that time spent hustling to succeed or get the stuff for whatever it was Mm. took away from the time that they spent with their family and friends and they regretted it. And those, I guess the most reflective time of our lives, perhaps. Super powerful and such a a good reminder for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, when it comes to our professional lives, um, I like to take boundaries to the next level with time blocks or as Denise Mm -hmm. said, time boxes, right? Is that like the same thing? (laughs) I think so. (laughs) Um, I know we've talked about this before, but heck, you know, sometimes we just need to hear things several times before we implement them into our own life, right? So setting aside your most daunting, creative, and complex tasks in the morning really ensures that your mind is firing on all cylinders. (laughs) Um, I also create time blocks in the morning for movement and for meditation. Otherwise, I would fill that time block with some something else. (laughs) That's just the way it goes. But, um, you know, these time blocks are really sacred for me. And because I've crafted my day in such a way, it really doubles as part of my self-care routine. So I make sure to take care of my mind, my body, my spirit before I really enter my day. And this helps Mm me realign with my purpose, clears the slate for the day ahead. Um, and you know, it just, it, it, just really sets the stage for a really productive, awesome day. Um, So I challenge you, you know, think about the things that you truly cherish, the things that really recharge you and make sure to set aside time each and every day to enjoy those things. So Real quick, going back to that afternoon slump again for a minute, making sure that you create a time block for uninterrupted lunch is another way to recharge, assuming you're eating something nutrient dense, (laughs) right? But really, whether you're at the office, at a co-working space, traveling, or in the comfort of your own home, having that uninterrupted lunch break is super, super, super key. Mm, I like that a lot. And 
as we move into this topic from the societal perspective, I want to piggyback off what you were just sharing about cultivating time in our workday for the things that really matter, um, that bring us joy or happiness, because I think that that stuff is the sweetness of life and we need it. Mm -hmm. Like we need that sweetness in our life. And when it gets denied via a dissatisfaction in our work or our relationships or in the way we spend our time each day, day after day, we will reach for that sweetness in other places. And that might be in the form of food or by watching TV shows that we can escape into or sex or being swept up in social media, whatever it is, we will find something that will make us think we're experiencing sweetness. So now bear with me a little bit as I make a big crazy leap, but I want to connect this whole notion of experiencing sweetness to the rapid growth of type 2 diabetes in this country and around the world because this is impacting society. And diabetes is the second most expensive chronic disease to manage. It affects almost 10% of the population and it's on the rise. So while there are many, many, many factors that are gonna contribute to the prevalence of diabetes, diet and lifestyle factors for sure, but I also want to touch on another component, and that's the emotional and spiritual contribution. And I think a big part of that is feeling separated from the idea that there is real sweetness in life. Mm. And I think society contributes to this. The whole kind of nothing is certain, but death and taxes way of thinking is an example. Um but also it can be really scary to make the decision to do something that matters to us. It's risky and it's vulnerable and, and others might dissuade us from doing it or our brains might dissuade us to try to keep us safe. Mm. Yet making that decision is so sweet <laughs> and, it's, and it's rewarding and being lit up by something that really matters for us that's going to prevent us from getting stuck in the routines that keep us distracted from how unsweet our lives might feel at the moment. Mm -hmm. And most of those routines tend to contribute to chronic diseases. Mm -hmm. So we might find, I think we can find many things that challenge the idea that there is sweetness in life, but then we can also hearken back to being intentional about where our energy and attention goes and we can claim the time to cultivate something that is truly sweet in our lives, making tiny decisions each day that lead to a truly sweet life is important for your health. And the more we as a society model that for each other, that it is important to do these activities that light us up. I think the more we will see things change for the better in our society. <laughs> You should start you should start like a sweetness march. <laughs> I'd love I that. like it. It's like the a march movement. For sweetness. <laughs> Make America sweet again. <laughs> oh my god. Anyways, um yeah, I, I totally love this angle. Um I feel like I have so much to say, but um I I feel like you know, I could dive into how society is also really normalized being unhealthy, right? Mm -hmm. I mean over over half the population claims that they're trying to lose weight, yet 
you know, most of us when we're in social situations experience weird looks, snide comments, or like some other act of passive aggression when you're trying to make the healthier choice, right? I know I've for sure been there. I felt like a burden, felt like whatever, an outsider in one way, shape, or form. But, you know, it's like we're made to feel guilty for going against the grain, yet it's really just other people's crap around their inability to create healthy change (laughs) themselves. Anyway, that Mm -hmm. shit really bothers me. But yeah. 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 It bothers me too. I feel like it's divisive Mm -hmm. and and an attempt to try to make somebody small. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you're doing something to elevate yourself? No. And I mean, we just don't need that. We don't need any more of that way of thinking in our lives so Mm. maybe we can support each other (laughs) and make a healthy change make america sweet again anyway (laughs) yes um, (laughs) okay let's jump into routines and time management when um relating that to spirit so this may be a surprise but we're going to bring up (laughs) meditation here (laughs) um and this reminds me of a Zen proverb that says you should sit in meditation for 20 minutes every day unless you're too busy and then you should sit for an hour. So good. (laughs) I just think it's so funny. Anyway, if you've listened to us for long, you know, Michelle and I are big advocates for taking time for stillness, for being, for breathing each day. And I strongly believe that meditation is the best routine that you can incorporate into your day to positively affect your ability to manage time. Mm -hmm. And research totally backs this up. I was just reading a recent study on breath meditation and neurophysiology. And here's a little expert or excerpt from an an expert. (laughs) (laughs) The, The research shows for the first time that breathing, a key element of meditation and mindfulness practices, directly affects the levels of natural chemical messenger in the brain called noradrenaline. Noradrenaline? Mm-hmm. Noradrenaline. Noradrenaline. Also, it's um, norepinephrine. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. This chemical messenger is released when we're challenged, when we're curious, exercising, focused, or emotionally aroused, and if produced at the right levels, helps the brain grow new connections like brain fertilizer. So the way we breathe, in other words, directly affects the chemistry of our brains in a way that can enhance our attention and improve our brain health. The study carried out by researchers at Trinity College Institute of Neuroscience and the Global Brain Health Institute at Trinity found that participants who focused well while undertaking a task that demanded a lot of attention had greater synchronization between their breathing patterns and their attention than those who had poor focus. So the authors believe that it may be possible to use breath control practices to stabilize attention and boost brain health. I like that. I I also want to say it's not just brain fertilizer, but it's like organic, like compost, like good, like worm tea. Like it's that kind of fertilizer. (laughs) Love it. So I thought let's end this episode with a little breathing exercise to get our brains firing. Mm -hmm. So let's do some belly breathing. Hopefully you're listening in a place where you can put your hands on your belly and let your fingertips just touch each other. So your two hands are sort of facing each other. 
Now take a really deep inhale, letting your belly fully expand. Your fingers are probably spreading apart. And now release with a slow exhale, letting your belly fall and allowing your fingertips to touch again. So let's do this for three rounds. Inhale as big as you can. And exhale, letting those fingers come back together. Let's do another inhale. And exhale. And last one, inhale. And exhale. When we slow down the breath, we slow time. So this is a real practical tool to create the sensation of having more quality time in your day. <laughs> I bet for some people that was like the longest few seconds like of I their know. entire day. They're like, when is this going to be done? <laughs> yeah, but happening. that's the perfect example, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I, I love that concept of being able to change our perception of time. Um, anyways, you know, the best time to do something like this too is when you feel like you absolutely don't have the time, just like that's in <laughs> proverb. But, um, but when we really do and we take that moment to focus on our breath, we can collect our thoughts, calm our emotions, and really realign our efforts. So um, another tribute to that fertilizer. Ex exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's good. You're making time. Totally. And like even doing something like that while you're driving, I think could be super beneficial. I mean, how tense do we get when we're driving in traffic or, blah, you know? <laughs> Anyway, um, so that is a wrap for today. To quickly summarize our funky five, number one, bring awareness to how you are spending your time and try tracking um, if you want to keep better track of that. <laughs> um, number two, make time to nurture your close relationships. Number three, do your most daunting, creative, complex tasks first thing in the morning and be sure to create time blocks for nourishment, for movement, for meditation. Um, number four, prioritize time for sweetness in your day. Don't be a victim or a bystander of societal norms. Your health takes priority over anyone's opinion. And number five, slow down time and realign your efforts by integrating mini meditations or conscious breathing exercises into your day. All right, so if you're enjoying this podcast, please leave us a quick review on iTunes. This helps us reach more women like you so we can continue to build this awesome community of high-achieving, conscientious women who are changing the world for the better. Next mm -hmm. week, we are taking a deep dive into routines and time management on the societal level and how to escape that complacency by bringing more joy and zest into your day-to-day. -day. So have a great mm -hmm. rest of your week, and bye for now. Bye. Thank you for listening to Females and Fine Fettle from Wiped Out to Wealthy, a podcast to fit your lifestyle. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review at femalesandfinefettle.com. If you have questions or topic ideas for upcoming episodes, we'd love to hear from you. Please be sure to tune in next week.